Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Uh, been a bit of a crazy week. I'm pretty sure mine's been a bit better than yours has. Yes. Yeah, it, uh, I apologize. No episode last week. Had a bit of a, you know, some personal stuff come up. Um, but we are back to talk about Fire Emblem and excited to catch up on uh, stuff that did happen in the game as well as outside of the game because we have our first Fire Emblem Warriors special discussion uh, later on in the episode. And I'm excited to do that because uh, I've actually been playing. I wasn't sure how much I'd jump back in, but I jumped back in. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a look at Fire Emblem Heroes before we dive into Fire Emblem Warriors, because I know we're all excited to return to Warriors. Um, let's look at the banners running right now, and I'm, I apologize we missed some as we were away, but uh, this is what's running right now. You have the Weekly Revival Banner 38, New Heroes and Ascended Fjorm still going until the 4th, Dragon Harvest Special Heroes Revival going to the 4th as well, Legendary Hero Fae, who we're going to be talking about later on, goes until the 4th. Mercedes Mercedes and Annette goes until the 5th. Shared Bounty goes until the 6th. Treat Friends Special Heroes Revival goes until the 8th. Heroes with I think Ignis. That's fiends, but... Did, what? Beans? I think it was Treat Fiends. <laughs> I think I, I'm having a flashback because I feel like I did the exact same thing. So you're right. <laughs> it, it, it is Treat Fiends Special Hero Revival going until the 8th. Heroes with Ignis going until the 9th, and the Lands Bounty Special Heroes Revival going until the 10th uh, of November. So those are all November dates. Eddie, how uh, did you do in summoning over the last couple weeks? Uh, nothing giant of note from the uh, weekly or the daily summoning banners or any of the other stuff. Uh, but I did, of course, dip into the Fae banner, managed to grab her. Got to jot down the details along the way, but it wasn't a large haul because uh, all I can recall is a spare niffle. So nice, which isn't bad, but it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, I uh, since we last spoke, I did complete my five summon percentage, basically reset it, and I got a malice. So that was a character that was on that banner, um, still on that banner, is it still running? And also for the legendary banner, I had some extra orbs, so I figured, hey, why not? And I got a couple of Niffles um, off that new legendary banner. Did not have her before, so was excited to see her, but uh, have her pop up twice in my attempts to try to summon Faye or uh, Uller. I didn't have her either, so I figured it was a good banner to hit. Did you have Niffle before this? No, I didn't. Um, so at least she was new. Yeah, oh yeah. Even I'm... if you got a repeat. Yeah, I did get her again. So I was kind of like, all right, clearly uh, the the universe is trying to tell me something. It's that I'm not going to get anything else off this banner. Um, but I'm excited about having Niffle uh, in my group. So I have to, I have yet to even um, use the heroes from the previous banner. So uh, I have to, I have to work on that. So it's, it's, it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind, um, but we're going to get back to it eventually um eddie why don't you tell us what's going on in the game over the next week uh, yes the calendar does wind down this week well, we start off with the tricker defeat banner revival starting tomorrow on the second we get a new round of lost lore on the thor 
third, along with a Tempest Trial banner and login bonus, which means we should get the Special Heroes banner to um, either tonight or tomorrow on the second. Uh, we then have those Special Heroes launching on the fifth, along with the Vel GHB revival uh, in the Tempest Trial starting that day as well. And the calendar ends next Sunday on the 7th with the Seas of Fodland New Heroes Revival. And, of course, the Forging Band Bonds reviving with that. Nice. Yeah, so looking forward to those events coming up. And speaking of upcoming events, we've got our next version update, which is going to be coming. Uh, we got details on that next update, but it looks mostly to be the usual stuff. However, Marth and Tiki, their legendary versions, are getting their remix this month. And Linus and Kays are getting unique weapons uh, with legendary Marth, uh, Summertana, Cliff, legendary Hector, Hellbendi, and again, legendary Tiki getting refines. Um, I don't know if I read that. Yeah, so Linus and Kays are getting yep. unique weapons. Those other heroes are yes. just getting refines. And they should be getting refines with those unique weapons like they usually do. It's just the others are just getting refi- refines. So There we go. So Expecting yeah. the new weapon banner to be Cliff, Halbindi, and the Marth and T, or not Marth and T, and Linus, Linus and Kays. Unless Linus is a Tempest Trial or Grand Hero Battle unit. Uh, and we also got a new Resplendent hero coming. Uh, Sarah will be the first staff king the Resplendent treatment. She'll be dressed in the garb of a Niffle and arriving on the 10th of November, which we're now in. Exactly. And that reminds me, I have to resub for the Fae Pass because I believe right now running is Kagero. And... Yes, Kagero's running until the 10th, and that's when uh, Sarah pops up. Yeah. So. She looks really good in uh, Niffle Garb. I think that's a that's a definite upgrade. And I believe I'm not 100% certain, but her original art may have been one of those original arts that was like, didn't quite fit with the rest of the Fae art style. This feels to be more in line with the, with the, with the overall art style. Not necessarily bad, just like the overall art style used by heroes. I think this more falls in line. With what a lot of players are used to. Yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes, hell, sometimes the resplendent ones look outside the normal Fey art style. So it's not a guarantee. It's just the artist they choose. And so, but yeah, yeah she looks good. I think so too. Uh, taking a look at the legendary. <laughs> this is a good test for. Does Ryan read everything in the notes? It's been so busy. Eddie, uh, I gotta give a shout out. He took care of the notes. Um, the legendary chicken dragon banner. I'm just going to read it because you put you put the effort in. I want to read it. Um, Faye gets the legendary treatment this month and is joined on the banner by uh, Red. On the red orb, you've got Mirabilis, uh, legendary Roy, and Nyx. Then on the blue, you have Ulur and Niffle, which are alongside uh, Faye. On the green orb, you've got Triandra, Hell, and Charlotte. And then for colorless, you have Mila, Duma, and legendary Om. So uh, that is your current banner running right now. And um, as for Faye herself, so Faye, childlike dragon. Faye is a man, a manakeet that Roy meets during his journey. At only several centuries old, she shows her youthfulness in her behavior and uh, gets her turn as a legendary hero on this banner as a blue infantry earth dragon hero. She wields Dazzling Breath as her weapon, which gives her attack plus three, as well as the usual Dragonstone effect. And if her foe initiates combat, 
or has more than 75% health at the start of the combat, she inflicts a debuff of minus 5 to their primary stats and prevents them from following up during combat. And also, if she is within two spaces of an ally, her foe has their special slowed down by one per attack. Her legendary skill is her special and called Life Unending. At the start of turn one, it grants a special cooldown count of five, and when it triggers, it has the Miracle effect. More than one HP survives a fatal blow, and after combat, restores 99 HP once per map. She also has a new skill in Distant Stance, which allows her to counterattack regardless of range, and a foe initiates combat if it grants her resistance plus 5. She also comes with Dragon's Ire and Defense slash Resistance Menace. So that's your Fey legendary hero. Now, Eddie, you did manage to summon Fey. Did you get some time with her, or did you just, just basically get the summon? Uh, not yet. I usually don't took a ton of time with them early on. Uh, the big one I'm wondering about that I haven't had it, that I kind of would like to test out at some point is her legendary skill. Yeah, the question about her legendary skill is I don't know. It says it um, uh, only does it once per map. I wonder if that's just the health restoration and maybe the miracle effect will happen every time uh, if she has enough health. But we won't know until we get some time to try it, and I have yet to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we try that, we got to figure out when she's coming back. Uh, she and the others are returning uh, with in February. February brings back Faye, Triandra, Mirabilis, and Krom, who was moved from March after the previous banner. March brings back Uller, Milla, and Alm. April brings back Hell, may bring back Stuma, and Roy decides to take a nice long nap and isn't going to come back until July. Wow. He's taking so. quite a bit off. Yeah. Well, good for Roy. Uh, yep. Um, I was just going to say, uh, before we move out of this this topic, it, it, Faye was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, didn't seem like... Obviously a hero that deserves the legendary treatment. She's a dragon. She's very powerful. But didn't quite jump out at me from a popularity standpoint. I mean, it seems like that is the dragon unit in the game. And I mean, if anything, the thing that kind of makes me curious about her is that um, uh, is Binding Blade that popular? Because this is the third Blinding Blade hero we've gotten. Roy is the main lord of the game, so that makes sense. And you could, I guess, maybe make an argument for Lilina, although I think there were some people who were surprised that she got it. Because she kind of fits more of a Sita uh, character role than uh, than Lynn or Hector did in Blazing Blade, or Ephraim and Erica did, and you know, or the others in Three Houses. Mm -hmm. But that's three from this one game at this point. You know, with Lilina and Faye both now getting it. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that kind of jumped out at me, and um, I think even in Discord, you know. I think uh, not upset, but not disappointed, but surprised. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote. Yeah, misquote our Discord here. But I think I, they said they were surprised but happy, or something to that. Yeah, effect. yeah, and it, and it's, and it has been it has been busier, so I I can't even pull it up. Uh, uh, unexpected but welcome. There it is. Yeah, which is a great way. I I hundred percent agree because again, Faye is a hero. She looks great. She is awesome. Um, it's just. It, th you can tell they're kind of getting to the not the bottom of the barrel that's totally rude but more like getting to the point where they are pulling the lesser gnomes that certainly deserve a legendary version 
I think they've gotten every legendary main lord in the series at this point. If they've missed anyone, there's like one. So now they're kind of shifting a bit more towards um, supporting characters that were very, you know, either lords themselves, if not the main lord, or, you know, like dragons. So, yeah. Yeah, I see that. All right. Well, you know, that's uh, Faye, the new legendary hero. If you had a chance to summon on that banner, um, congrats if you got some great pulls um good luck next time if you're still working to uh to summon but that banner will run for as of this recording a couple more days as i was mentioning i thought they got to every uh main lord of the series but i forgot there's actually two main lords that they haven't gotten to but since you know it's the redheaded stepchild of the series that they don't even they pretend doesn't exist it's not surprising they've ignored uh, Rihanna and, or I'm sorry, Liana and Rowan from Warriors, oh. which is where we're going to now. Did we get, uh, yeah, that's a really good point, but now I remember, did we get, Chris, is it Chris? I know they're not lords per se, but. I bel- I don't know if we got a legendary Chris. I know we got a normal Chris. Yeah. And they've gotten most of the uh, player character units by now. So Chris might be one they're missing, but I guess they decided that it wasn't t- time for. Uh, Mystery of the Unknown to get another legendary. True. Uh, also, they waited so long to give us normal Chris. I guess they're giving it a bit of time. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with space, right? Well, there we go. Uh, good, good follow up there. Let's move into the Outrealm Gate as uh, Eddie sort of teased. We are going to give some love, even if intelligence systems will not. We're going to give some love to the lords from Fire Emblem Warriors. And we're kicking off our special discussions. It was planned to be monthly. This is technically the October segment, so there will be two in November. Uh, But we're kicking things off, focusing on the awakening sections of the game, which just so happens to coincide with the first five chapters. Yeah, I wonder how we decided what uh, game to focus on first. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost Mm. like I made it sound like it was completely by accident. No, it was totally on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's the last DLC, but the first section you or first group of characters you encounter. Uh, but with the story of Warriors, we open in the land of Aetolis, where the twin prince and princess, Rowan and Liana are, of the land, are practicing swordplay with their friend Darius from the neighboring kingdom of Gristone. Suddenly, portals open up in the sky and monsters come falling out, finding their way to safety. Uh, they find their mother, who is also being evacuated, but she gets trapped behind a rock slide and gives them a shield and tells them to take it to the temple. Worried about their mother, but unable to do anything as they do... They do it as she asks. Along the way, meet Cromless and Frederick. After proving themselves to Frederick, Cordelia shows up with a report, and they realize that the Awakenings characters are not in their world anymore and continue on to the temple to find out what is going on. They rescue the temple and eventually defeat Valadar and prevent him from enacting some sort of ritual at a place called the Dragon's Table. Along the way, we meet uh, Rowan, sorry, Robin, Owain, Marth, quote-unquote, actually Lucina, along the way. After they stop the ritual Valadar is doing, Owain and Lucina reveal themselves, uh, leading to quite a funny reaction from Lissa when Owain reveals that he's her son from the future. Um, and we hear of two mysterious unknown armies fighting each other to, and suspect this might be uh, their next goal to go after. Uh I did leave this out of the summary to be a bit brief about it because we're trying to do just a brief overview of the story of the game. 
Uh, but one of the things they find out is that the shield, which is what we traditionally see the Fire Emblem as, needs gleamstones from heroes from other worlds. Uh, Prom has one, and we're going after those mysterious armies, suspecting they, they might have heroes who will have additional gleamstones. So, uh, and those are needed to stop the evil plans to summon the Chaos Dragon, Velozark, which it seems to be what Christone seems to be doing. Darius does seem ignorant of why this is going on, why Gristone is doing it. It's been a while. I don't recall if this is genuine or not, but it still comes off as suspicious to me. Hmm. I wonder if he is secretly the bad guy. <laughs> if you want to go into spoils, I'll go into my comment here. I mean, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I know I, you fight him later on, but I don't know if he's taken over by the, ba- the evil dragon or if he actually was behind it the whole time. Okay, and and that is yeah, a very I can't valid recall point. If that's what happens with him, I so I honestly don't. Now that you mention it, I don't know if he is just evil or if he's paid and taken over. But both are viable uh, bad guy situations for Fire Emblem. Yes. So uh, that is a very good point. Um, you, you know, I, I'll talk about it here in terms of replaying the game. You know, re acquainting myself with warriors i did go back and play some of the story the earlier chapters of the chapter one through five and i gotta say one of my most it's been a while the game came out four years ago one of my most surprising things was like all the cutscenes featuring you know characters from other fire emblem games are really well done um obviously this is focused on awakening they straight up homage the the robin reveal um, where you, one of your characters, your lords, I think it, in this case, it was, uh, the, the male lord. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he, I remember he, he falls down a cliff and then they, they completely copy sort of the, the awakening, um, cutscene for Robin. Oh yeah. Rowan slides down an embankment to the, and, you know, ends up in a field where Krom and Lissa repeat the opening to awakening. Yeah. I really like that. And I know they didn't get all the voice actors who played in the original uh, games. I'm pretty sure Krom isn't the original voice actor, who I can't even remember who it is. But I know it's a popular one. Um, Essentially, I don't think they got any of the big names. Like, they didn't get Ashley Birch back for Lucina. Um, Actually, now that I say it out loud, I don't know if they got anybody back. Maybe it's all sound-alikes. Like, do you happen to know that offhand? I think Krom was... The same dude who played um, Ryoma. Krom in the in yeah, Krom in Faye is Matt Mercer, right? Who played Ryoma. I don't know if he was in Warriors or not. I'm pretty sure he was in the original Awakening. Yeah, it's showing me the Japanese voice actors first, so that's throwing me off. <laughs> Gotta scroll down to get to the English. Yeah, he was definitely Matt Mercer in the original um, Awakening. While I'm looking this up, why don't you start going over some of the characters and stuff? Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, so for characters in the first five chapters, and mostly focusing on the awakening side of things, uh, we we do have the lords uh, Rowan and Liana, which uh, we can we can circle back to at the end of the awakening characters. But you've got uh, from the main game, you have or from the main game, you have Crom, Lissa, Frederick, Cordelia, Robin, Lucina, and Anna, um, which we'll put here because of her location in the roster. Um, but then with DLC, you have Olivia, Tharja, and Owain become playable. Now, 
uh, from what I played, Owain does pop up, and we did mention it in the story wrap-up. So Owain is in the game and functioning as a, as a character, but you don't get to control him. Yeah, also his um, item drops are there, because I think Lissa needs some of his item drops, so you got to keep fighting him and stuff. He is there. Uh, I did verify that Matt Mercer was Krom in this, in a Warriors. Um, I was double-checking if Lissa's voice actress was the same one in Awakening, but... yeah. I mean, it just, I, I guess maybe I just, uh, it sounded close enough and I feel like M- Matt Mercer wouldn't be opposed to yeah. being in, in Fire Emblem. I can Warriors. confirm Crom was definitely the same voice actor. Either way, that's fine. Not, <laughs> not here nor there. Um, but yeah, the characters in this game, I think from an awakening standpoint, I feel like they do a really good pull of the characters. Um, obviously focusing in on your original four from the beginning of Awakening with Krom, Lissa, Frederick, and Robin. That's a really good pull. Um, from In terms of like the future characters, Lucina makes perfect sense because Lucina is, a main, is, is the first future character that pops up in that game directly related to Krom, makes perfect sense. I think the inclusion of Owain is because... It's it, he's obviously paired with Lissa, being Lissa's son, but also has that personality, that fun personality you can play with. Um, wouldn't have been my first choice though, but then again, I can't think of another choice. <laughs> so hey, yeah, I mean, really, with the characters they brought over, maybe they could have done uh, Cordelia's daughter or Robin Morgan, one of the Morgans. Yeah, Morgan um, and Morgan, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, but uh, I guess they chose Prom and Lissa, so they chose you know, Lucina and Elaine from the future. Um, and Lissa is the same voice actress in Awakening. So they got the go. same uh, Prom and Lissa. The others I didn't double check on, but they at least got some of them the same. But as for their movesets, that's where it, you know, uh, has some issues. So part of this is stark to me because I've been uh, the most recent uh, second wave of Age of Calamity DLC came out. So I've been dipping into that as well in between playing this. And there's just so many repeated movesets when in, you know, the Fire Emblem Warriors games, they had a large roster of characters and everyone felt unique. I mean, they're always the same in that you're hitting the same buttons, but they feel different. They move different. Uh, Olivia is the... Olivia, Lissa, Frederick are the shining stars of this group. Um, be, and because partially for Lissa and Frederick, because they're the only ones of their type, uh, there might be another axe wielder, but I'm not sure if there's any other ground axe users. But Olivia is a sword user, and she has, they really dove into her dancer skills. So she's very, uh, you know, fluid and special moves because she's a dancer. So yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Well, I agree with you. I think that uh, obviously this is going to be a common theme in our discussions going forward with this game is that there is a lot of duplication in terms of movesets. Um, yeah, I mean, if you do Robin and uh, Tharja just from this grouping, they're exactly the same. Yeah, and even more egregious when you talk about Tharja being paid DLC, um, you, mm-hmm. in my opinion... If you're looking at DLC, obviously these characters aren't one-for-one copies, but they're very similar. And I would think if you're paying for DLC, I remember it being appropriately priced. I don't remember it being expensive. You could buy the packs individually. So if you really felt 
like you didn't like Awakening, you could just skip the Awakening um, DLC pack. There was a bonus for purchasing the season pass. Puts a disadvantage to you later in the game. but Yeah, for sure. Um, but what I'll say is this. I think that when it came to DLC, the characters should have been wholly unique. And maybe that would have increased the price of the pack, or at least they would have felt they needed to increase the price. But um, Olivia, I think each DLC pack, and we could probably look at this in the future, but each DLC pack had one unique character and yep. one existing in the game character and then one kind of carbon copy character so again like from a value standpoint unless you really like olivia um and she's great but unless you really like her you're kind of looking at this pack and being like well really i'm buying olivia and then i'm just unlocking access to owain and tharja because owain's already in the game and tharja is basically a copy of robin or am i being too cynical here no, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, my biggest thing is that if they needed, felt the need to do duplicate movesets, uh, like I said, with, you know, Age of Calamity and the original Fire Emblem Warriors, they had as many or more characters in, in here, and each of them felt unique. Sometimes it was because of the type of character it was. Like, you know, uh, the Gorons, Daruk, and uh, Yonobo are not going to move the same way. But sometimes, you know, you still had a decent number of humanoid, typical humanoid characters, all of them fighting differently, you know? And yet here, pretty much every sword user, you know, it depends on their move type and their weapon type. And, you know, for the most part, I think Owain was a copy of Krom and Lucina. Uh, it might be that Krom and Lucina, as the Falchion wielders, were unique, but, you know, they felt very similar. Like I said, Frederick only got his specialty because he's, a, I believe, the only mounted axe user. Lissa, if there's another infantry or a ground axe user, uh, Lissa got special treatment because she's kind of smaller. So she's you know, this small thing wielding a giant axe. So they give her a bit of a special treatment there. So As I was playing through the game and, and replaying it a little bit, I did kind of focus in on... Um, the awakening characters and uh, you know, and prioritizing the DLC because I felt like those were the most recent characters in terms of being added to the game. Um, you know, that all being said, like it, it can be said, it, our points stand, but I think they did put the effort into like capture the character. Obviously Tharja yeah. has her character there voice um mannerisms all that stuff is represented so there is a lot of work going into bringing this character to the game but i think with Owain, he was already in the game but he has a very very strong personality so it makes sense to 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 make him playable but i did have a lot of fun um controlling all the dlc characters are a lot of fun um Owain does have his own unique stuff to him with his like uh, he has like a magic hand i guess or I don't know. It's hard to explain, but he he does um he does have a another side to him. But yeah, like Lucina and Crom are very similar. It is nice that Lissa and Frederick have their own thing going. Cordelia is okay. kind of um in the same lines as as the other uh, Lance Pegasus users. Um, yeah, I don't think I unlocked Anna. I know, like I don't know if I did. You unlock Anna? I, I know she was a pain to unlock. She's an archer. I have her unlocked. Yeah, she's she goes in the she sits there with the rest of the awakening characters, which is why I put her with the awakening characters. But you know, 
Can you speak a bit to the, her unlock process? Because I'm pretty sure you have to collect all the Anna's memories. Sorry, I can't really speak to him. Yeah, but but you did unlock her though. It's not all the Anna mementos. All the Anna mementos are for the um, uh, portraits that you can build. I don't know what you unlock when you unlo- fill a portrait fully, but I think she was just in one of the history maps somewhere. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick so we can talk about it. I know I don't have all of Anna's mementos yet. I know there are some in the uh, uh, not the faith section that I don't have unlocked. And there are plenty out in the history maps I don't have. Right. So unlocking Anna and Fire Emblem Heroes, this is, uh, it's a bit of grinding, which would explain why I haven't done it yet. But basically, you need to complete the Fire Emblem Awakening illustration in story mode, um, which is a bit of a process. Oh, I guess I did complete one of the illustrations. So uh, she is an archer class. I thought I hadn't unlocked any illustrations yet. So well, you got at least one if you got Anna. So I don't think I have her yet. Um, you need to collect. So it says here uh, you need to do. First step is you will need to collect twenty Anna's mementos from various battles. Um, in case you're unfamiliar, once a certain condition is are fulfilled, Anna will appear in the battlefield, and if reached in time, she will hand over an Anna's memento so um usually the conditions are beating a hundred or a thousand enemies and this can all be consulted pre-battle but um you need to collect all anna mementos in chapter two three four and five furthermore you need to collect the mementos from the first the first memento in chapter 12 and the second memento in chapter 13 um and then the remaining mementos for the awakening portrait uh, is found in history mode, invisible ties. So it is connected to a, a portrait, but you kind of have to collect the mementos from all over. So um, I, I'm, I'm guessing you probably leaned into it just to collect, to, to unlock the hero, but I'm guessing, and we'll talk about history maps in a little bit that were added in DLC because I think that's a good transition. Um, a lot of those history maps have this like, you're doing fine, you're doing fine, you're doing fine. Suddenly you need to fight like a level 100 map with very specific conditions. And if you haven't been playing with flyers and don't have a full team of level 100 flyers, you kind of have to go away, do some grinding and come back. So something to keep in mind, uh, although I, I believe this is probably the easiest one to unlock just because it's tied to a hero. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, I do have warriors. I do have the warriors of fate, which I'm guessing is the awakening portrait illustration, and it shows Crom and Robin facing off against Valadar and female Robin. Yeah, so that's it. With the map in the background, the history map in the background, which is the map uh, from Awakening, mm-hmm. the big concentric rings facing down. Exactly. Um, but let's talk about maps. Uh, the DLC, as we said, pack adds uh, Owain, Olivia, and Tharja. They also added three history maps directly connected to Awakening, which are, uh, there were also a few history maps related to Awakening before. Now, Eddie, I don't know if you have these maps handy, um, but they were, uh, I, I played uh, a couple chapters from each one of those history maps that were added in the DLC. And again, like uh, one, the one I remember most that pops into the top of my head in terms of replaying was the Owain. There's one that features Owain and Cordelia and Marth. Is that right? No, I'm trying to remember. I do remember Owain though, pretty clearly. So yeah, Um, I've done a good chunk of the Scion of Legend DLC map, history map. 
Uh, and that's because of one of my biggest issues with how they decided to roll out DLC and certain factors. Um, throughout the game, certain characters will have unique weapons in the base game. Uh, I believe Prom and Lucina get theirs automatically, Rioma and those, anyone who had a named weapon in their game usually got it within the thing. However, characters like Lissa, Frederick, uh, I think Robin, um, never got a unique weapon until this DLC and in this map. So I was trying to get Lissa's unique axe and got that and the first upgrade to it, you know, to get her unique axe. But it's kind of useless right now because, you know, the strength of the weapon, there are stronger drop weapons than her axe until I can get her second upgrade to it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the history maps, they are what they are. And I think um, for me... It's not something I really latched onto at launch or now as we're replaying, um, but they they are f- they are fun in the sense that like doing the story maps over and over again, um, they're not as interesting as the history maps, and I'll explain why. And I think it is it comes right down to the history maps have less of those interruptions um, where character like the story interruptions where characters are talking back and forth. It's it's fairly straightforward. Most of the story takes place as you progress through the history map and defeat um, certain enemies on the map. Um, there are conditions to unlock, like, uh, conversations between characters. It's all happening outside of the battle. And then when you get into the battle, the most annoying thing is, I find, and you might be able to turn this off, is the um, introduction cinematics. Every time you come across an, a, a, a boss, um, there's an entry cinematic. And you might be able to turn those off. I should look into that. I don't want to complain Maybe. without looking, but yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun game. And, you know, in terms of, I agree with you, Eddie, in terms of the, the Nintendo warrior type games, um, this was, this very much felt like a uh, carbon, not carbon copy, but it felt like they really ran with the Hyrule warriors sort of setup and age of calamity really took that setup and ran with it. Yeah, they did and they didn't. They they had some unique things that are unique to Fire Emblem games, like pair up is an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, you know, unless you have extra NPCs that you can have pair up with you, that's kind of running out, losing a character on the field for you. Um, the, they have, you know, the different move types. They have the weapon triangle active in there. Uh, so they have some features from Fire Emblem Heroes. They sort of have classes. And that you can use a master, you have to use a master seal to fully unlock your character's skills. I have limited skills until you unlock that. Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is that if they felt the need to repeat stuff, maybe they should have made it like class based and give the characters a wider selection of classes. You know, mm-hmm. like all Mer- all Myrmidons fight the same, but all heroes fight differently, type thing. Yeah, you know, or mercenaries. And certain characters can play as a mercenary or Myrmidon or whatever you prefer. And that would have given it some uniqueness, whereas you would have a choice of, you know, oh, I prefer playing Krom as a Myrmidon over a mercenary. Yeah. Slash hero or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of applying within a certain degree, like applying character looks and feels to different classes that make sense. That would have been yeah. interesting. And then you would have had all the unique classes to play with, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, there's a lot that can be done, and I wonder... I struggle to think we'll get a follow-up to Fire Emblem Warriors like we did with, with Hyrule Warriors uh, and Age of Calamity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never I know. Yeah, we will as well, but yep, it's anything is possible. Anything is possible. And along those lines, it's also possible to have us uh, play a certain game for Game Club next year in 2022 because we are bringing back our Extra Life uh, voting for Game Club and if you go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, you can donate $10 to vote for your game of choice. And you can stack it. So you vote, you donate 20, uh, donate 50 bucks, you get five votes towards your game. And as a special bonus, if Summoner's Call listeners raise over $200, we will also do a game club of Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And uh, you can follow up with your, your thoughts and feelings on what we play first, whether it's Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but you don't need to vote for Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Just your donation goes towards that. Apply your vote to another game, and then let us know what uh, you'd like us to play. Yeah, if you want Tokyo Mirage Sessions to be the first game we play next year, do go ahead and vote for it. Just make sure you put in, um, if we don't reach the Mirage Sessions, what you would like. Uh, And as usual, once uh, a quick reminder, we do need to have easy and legal access to the game. Uh, So Japanese game... Japanese-only games, GameCube-Wii-only games are off the table. Uh, For three houses, make sure you state your preferred path and no repeats. We've done Shadow Dragon, Shadows of Valentia, Conquest, Side of Fates, uh, Sacred Stones, Standard Shadows, and Vernant Wind over in three houses. Uh, And we've done the Lynn section of Blazing Blade, so if that gets chosen, we will go through the Elliewood section. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Definitely go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. And this weekend, November 6th, is a big date for Extra Life in general. It's game day. I'll be playing uh, throughout the majority of the day alongside my co-host Jocelyn from the Gamers Inn. And you can catch uh, my gameplay at twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. But if you go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, you'll see all the details there. And uh, while we might not be doing anything Fire Emblem related, it is a good opportunity to donate and have your um your message but your 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 name and your your donation pop up on the screen and we'll be thanking people live while we play video games so if you're holding on to your donation and you want to vote for game club this weekend is a perfect time to do it so that's november 6th uh, bit.ly slash extra life ryan and we'll be hoping to see you in chat to talk about fire emblem and uh yeah it'll be a good time Eddie, but that is going to do it for the show. Uh, Apologies for missing last week, but we are back on track to discuss more Fire Emblem Heroes and Fire Emblem Warriors going forward into the month of November. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, You can find more of our work at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. That's a great place to send us an email if you want to make suggestions for Game Club or follow up on your donation in terms of your voting. Uh, but we welcome all uh, all your your inquiries to our email. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Great place to discuss as well. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. <laughs>